T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. I'm Ryan Recker. Online on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. Go and like that page. Mark Reardon's going to join us in about a half hour or less. We're going to look at the movie A Recipe for Seduction. It was a Lifetime mini movie (laughs) sponsored by KFC. And it stars uh, Colonel Sanders, who's played by Mario Lopez. So I think you're going to want to wait and listen to that one. Joining us now, a local uh, watchdog. We talked to him about issues that go on in the county. Tom Sullivan, how are you tonight? Doing fine, Ryan. Nice to be with you. I know it was going to happen and it was just a matter of time, but I'm curious your emotion when you saw the headlines about the loop trolley project finally coming to an end and it will be eventually dead. Well, it's been a long haul and I suppose uh, my first emotion was thankfully it's, uh, it's being resolved. I mean, it's been, it, if you recall the last date it would operate, it was December 29th and there's been all this wrangling, uh, about what should be done with it, and the feds are trying. We're trying to say uh, we've got some money, we can get it going, and it went before Buy State, and then there was, you know, Buy State was was um, Joe Edwards wanted Buy State to take it over, and the board, in a very dramatic meeting, uh, did not do that. So finally, it looks like it's going to be resolved. Elliot Davis did a story last Friday, and he got the city manager, University City. Uh, in an interview, and the city manager said it looks like in 2022 they're going to consider uh, dismantling the trolley. You know, the early part of the year or the middle part of the year, and that's the first time that there's been any official word that uh, it looks like they're finally going to uh, dismantle it. Move in that direction. It's been moving in that direction for a long time, if they wanted to admit it or not. And it makes me wonder. And, you know, at this point, I don't even care. They could blame it on COVID and say, oh, it's because of the coronavirus. This thing failed. I don't even care as long as it's done with and it doesn't find itself resurrected in the future, because this has been a lot of um, a lot of problems and nonstop problems over and over again. I wanted to talk to you about a few other things, too. And I know that you have been paying attention to some of the ongoing issues. And as it stands today, there's a lot of ongoing issues in the county. I wanted to talk about this county auditor position because I thought for a while there they were going to be at least posting and finding someone that is at least qualified for that position. But it sounds like they're not really doing much with that right now. 
Well, they've been, they've been talking about it apparently in closed meetings. The way the way it was explained to me, they had hoped to get a new auditor uh, in in the, in position by the end of the year, at the very least, uh, looking for one. Well, so far there has been no announcements, and I don't know for sure what's going to happen, but I, I think there's there's no doubt that this has gone on way too long. You've had a, a county auditor who's been in the job for three and a half years now, and he is completely not qualified to do the job. He can't do an audit. Uh, he's not capable. He has no experience in accounting or even auditing. So, I mean, it's, it's way past the time that, that they need to make a change. Uh, there are so many things that a, that a really good auditor could help the council with. You know, there's so many things that, that uh, spending is, is certainly needs to be scrutinized. But when you don't have an auditor, who who doesn't know how to do his job, you cannot do any of these things. You know what makes me wonder is if they're going to have to hire multiple people because imagine being someone that is interviewing for the job and they say, oh, yeah, by the way, we have three and a half years of audits you need to catch up on before you can even do what your current job would be. Are they going to have to go through the backlog because from what you were telling me, and I understand, there wasn't official audits being done in the county. It was more or less these reports that were being put together. Yeah, they never really did what, what most people consider to be uh, an, an audit. They're more or less kind of reviews where, like, for example, one was with security with with uh, with Bi-State and Metrolink. And it just kind of went around and looked around, and, and that basically was the audit. And so many other things were, were like that. What's needed is for, for things like there's been ongoing problems with the, with the jail. That's the kind of thing that the auditor could get involved with. There's been ongoing problems with the animal shelter. Uh, that's another thing that the uh, that the auditor could get involved with. You got somebody like Wesley Bell who who loves to spend tax dollars, you know, fourteen thousand dollars for flat screen t- TVs. So I mean, uh, this is there's all sorts of things that that an auditor could be doing, and and you know, probably needs just a, a few assistants. I can't do you know to do his job. I think he he needs some help, but. Uh, at the present time, they're doing, uh, they're accomplishing just about nothing. Maybe they could bring in someone independent from anyone because we need someone that's not playing any political favors. This has just uh, gone too long. Uh, I wanted to point out something else. Another story that started to break last week when it came to Sam Page. So he, let me make sure I'm getting the story right. He is a co-owner of a company that received federal money from this coronavirus stimulus package and that same company that accepted this also took local dollars and later we find out they also as a company donated to political campaigns including money going back to sam page's political campaign is that correct uh except for the part about the local dollars they took 5.4 million dollars uh the practice took that it's called western anesthesiology associates uh and that was for that's part of the cares money then they took another $984,000. This is a, out of a different fund. This is supposedly for health care providers that are impacted by COVID-19. Well, how exactly uh, they're impacted, I, I don't know. I mean, they're not on the front lines, I don't think, as anesthesiologists. Well, then there came out that it, 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 there's, a, there's a pack that supposedly is being more or less led by this, this uh, medical practice, and they gave – uh, Seventy-one thousand dollars in campaign contributions. Jane Duker has uh, has been all over that story. So I suppose when when you have a situation where you have the restaurants who are continually 
uh, try, are struggling, some of them going out of business, and their employees are having a hard time paying the bills. It just looks kind of bad. Or Sam Page is still collecting his $140,000 salary plus whatever he's doing with uh, whatever he's making with the Mercy Hospital and his part-time job. So it certainly doesn't look good, and uh, it, it, there's no small amount of arrogance involved, I would say. Let's yeah point out, too, when this money was first brought up and the idea of these loans was to try to help these businesses that didn't have any access to additional capital. They didn't want businesses to have to go under because of the regulations to close down things for the sake of COVID. So they're putting all these loans out there. Uh, to me, it would indicate that if you're donating tens of thousands of dollars to political co- uh, campaigns and you're still working because... Hey, the, they were still getting jobs. The medical industry didn't close down. That maybe this wasn't the uh, type of uh, funding that should have been approved to begin with. And let me also point out, there were a lot of companies, they were at a mad rush to try to get some of these dollars. It was difficult for them to do it, and the money ran out very quick. And then you start to find out some of these companies that were grabbing these things up, this big egg on their face because maybe they shouldn't have been considered to begin with. So there's other questions that arise with all of this, too. And I think a lot of people are just mad. They're just fed up of all of these things happening, and it seems essentially nothing happens to them. It just, to, like me, when I look at all of this, I say, we just went through in the county a an executive that is in federal prison right now for corruption. We get the next administration in, and what we're seeing is a lot of these same type of like, okay, same old problems. And it just bothers me so much that this just can't get worked out. Well, you have to realize also that anesthesiologists, uh, their average pay in St. Louis is about $400,000. And this particular uh, practice, it seems like they have uh, a, a lock on everything that uh, that Mercy Hospital does. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to uh, figure that these are the people that are, that, you know, that are in need of funding when you look at some of the other folks that are just having a hard time uh, staying in business. Yeah, we really need to point out that there were companies that took federal dollars and essentially took them away from another company that has no access to this type of capital that could have really used it. And who knows if different businesses had to make tough decisions because they didn't have access to that same money. If people lost their jobs, their livelihood, or if people lost their businesses that they worked on because companies like this that had the opportunity to keep working and really didn't need those funds were able to go out and grab it up before anyone else could. That it, It's so frustrating because the mad dash that happened at the beginning of this, um, very little accountability has been shown for those that took money that shouldn't have taken money. And I think this is an example. I mean, that's my opinion on it, at least. Yeah, well, and if they come out with another round, if Congress passes it, I, I would hope that they're, they're a little more careful uh, this time around because, you know, the, the CARES the cares program, it was $2.2 trillion. And part of it was simply the fact that you when, you, when you're putting out that much money, you got to get out fast. There's going to be a certain amount of... Uh, certain amount of questionable spending but this time around hopefully they can get to the people who uh who need it the most and that would certainly be some of the small businesses yeah and from what i can tell and correct me if i'm wrong if if you really were a leader and let's say sam page said well i have a business um at least have some sort of financial 
um, connection to a business as part owner. And we took funds when we shouldn't have at least be accountable and say, all right, we're going to return it like a lot of those other companies did. But I didn't hear any of that. There wasn't any criticism of it. They took the money and kept the money as far as I know. So it's, it's so frustrating. Um, no, and in county, else, in county government, they have not cut back the pay at all. I mean, you would, you would think that for people making over a hundred thousand dollars, they would have a, you know, some kind of a pay cut, but they have not cut back uh, on, on anything. Yeah. Shameful. Uh, very shameful that we're seeing. And it just goes back to one of the many issues. If it was just one thing and someone made a mistake, there's many issues we're seeing in the County. Sam page has a lot of things attached to him right now that are pretty shameful. Um, and I'm being pretty strong in the way I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm telling you, I keep seeing these things happen over and over and over again. And ultimately what happens is, there's, there's no remorse in these problems, and then more restrictions go on to business owners that are trying to make a living. Ultimately, the, the company he co-owns could take in money, but then he wants to close down and have these restaurants struggle to stay open with these further restrictions in the county when none of the other uh, areas around us in the city or the St. Charles are under those same restrictions. So it's, it's just all these business owners, they're just tired of it. They're fed up with it. Uh, we got to see these things change. So um, go, one other thing I wanted to bring up to you, you have all, a whole list of things that you're going to bring up to the county council meeting. Was there one today? Oh, there was. There was a, there was a, it's at 630. And what they're doing now is, of course, it's still on WebEx. You know, it's a virtual meeting. And then they're, now they're having a different way for, uh, for um, public input. And uh, you, have to, you have to register, and then you can either go, you can go via your computer with sound and picture, or you can just go with your, uh, or you can just go with your phone. Did any of your comments were they addressed today? Uh, no, I didn't expect them to be. But uh, some of these things are for are for actions that are that are coming up. But uh, at the public comments, there's the usual arguments back and forth about the restaurants, and uh, you know, it's it's there's people saying, "Oh, this is great." You know, thanks, Sam Page for looking out for our uh, welfare. And then there's people, uh, there was one lady who was very passionate, opposed to, opposed to the restrictions, saying that it's hurting the kids. They're going to be, they're going to be impacted for years with behind on education. The businesses are being impacted. And uh, so there are strong feelings on, uh, on both sides. There's no doubt about that. All right. So I'm glad that you continue to watch and monitor these things. You're absolutely right about Jane Duker. She is on fire anytime one of these things happen on social media. She, she's a must follow because she is the one of the strongest and most vocal critics of what goes on with Sam Page in the county because there's a lot of issues that are just lingering and don't get addressed. I'm glad that you are also bringing these up and paying attention because there are a lot of things that aren't getting addressed. Tom Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Ryan. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. He's great, and I think he pays attention more than anyone else when it comes to county politics and government, I should say, county government. This is Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's morning news. Total information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. Welcome to Overnight America. And we're getting closer to Christmas, a week from Friday. And I'm going to have the last couple of weeks of the year off. Looking forward to spending that time with family. And kids will surely enjoy all the presents under the tree this time around. My son has been waiting for this for a long time, much like a lot of your kids, I'm sure, 
did or still do. <laughs> so we're going to talk to Mark Reardon. If you're looking for something to watch with the family, there's a lifetime movie called a recipe for seduction in the mini movies, about 16 minutes long. It stars Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. And the whole thing was sponsored by KFC right on the start of the movie. It shows them eating chicken. So there's like close-ups of it, but there's not a lot of like KFC references until the very end. You know, there's a secret recipes and things. So Mark Reardon, our very serious movie reviewer, I asked him to come on the show and maybe we can discuss it. And he said, sure. So we'll do that in less than 10 minutes from now. And I was trying to think of some things to bring up on the show today, and I didn't want it to all be serious. So I talked to my wife and I asked her, what are some of those mommy type of blog things you're reading right now or the mom forums? Because she's pretty actively monitors what different mom groups are talking about. And she went through a few things and I thought, oh, that's not good. That's not good. And then she brought up one that I thought is a pretty universal. So one of the hottest topics that moms are talking about right now is when they invite their parents over to the house, getting the parents to take off their shoes. Now, depending on how old you are, and I know the demographics of this radio program, you're probably the parents that are coming over to the kids' houses if you are traveling. Maybe the kids still come to your house, but they certainly live out. They're probably married. You might be grandparents, so they got the kids they're bringing around. But if you're going to their house and you visit with them, um, this is the thing. The kids want you to take the shoes off. You need to know this. <laughs> they don't want you tracking in things from outside. It could be just a COVID thing where we're more conscious of germs and, hey, we don't know what we're uh, bringing in here, so let's not risk it. Now, they don't, they don't ask you to put on a hazmat suit or make it look like you're trying to paint or whatever, but they do want you to at least be considerate. And some of them try to bring it up like, oh, you can put your shoes over here or hey, do you mind taking off your shoes? Apparently, a lot of times the parents are not that receptive. They don't want to do it. My grandma was like this when she would come to a house. We uh, normally have you have take off your shoes. And she says, well, I don't require you to take your shoes off in my house. So I'm not going to take mine off in your house. It might have just been an age thing where it wasn't comfortable for her to take the shoes on and off. But I know that a lot of uh, people are like that. We're like that with our house. We want people to take their shoes off. Um, I have to remind my wife's parents whenever they come over. Hey, do you mind taking off your shoes? Because I'll look down. I'll, I'll see them on. And we ask them that every time. And I'm I'm a little skeptical that they forget. <laughs> Every time, but we still have to ask them and then they, oh, okay, we'll take them off. It's the struggle that apparently a lot of moms are dealing with right now. And if you got really young ones and maybe your kids are crawling, you don't want them to be around the things your shoes have touched. Now, I'm not a germaphobe by any means, but this is the stuff I think about. Well, they traveled over here, so they probably stopped somewhere and they probably went to the bathroom at a public bathroom with those dirty shoes of theirs. And they're going to be tracking in their public restroom tracked shoes into our house? I don't think so. Not, not, not in my house. So these are the type of things I think of. Oh, they, they stepped outside and they might have got the dog uh, waste that they put their feet in, or maybe they went over this and you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's the scenario? But either way, them tracking it in makes me feel icky just thinking about it. So that is the top topic right now that moms are talking about on the online forums. Maybe you can relate to this, and I'm sure you can in your own little way. And if you're married, ask your uh, ask your wife about this. Ask your husband about it, the shoe policy. Have you guys ran into that issue? 
I didn't want to make this into a topic or a big thing to talk about tonight. I was just going to let you know, this is the topic my wife recommended I bring up, and I thought it was a pretty good one. So Mark Reardon is joining us, a review for a K, uh, uh, this, the KFC mini movie that Lifetime put out this weekend called The Recipe for Seduction. We'll have some fun with it coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. You hear him on the Mark Reardon program. He is the host, Mark Reardon, also a movie reviewer. How are you, Mark? Ryan, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just fine. When I saw this movie come out on Lifetime, I thought, oh, I wonder. I wonder if this is the caliber of movie that Mark just waits for for award season. A Recipe for Seduction. It's a Lifetime movie. It was a mini movie. It was like 15 minutes starring Mario Lopez as what they call Sexy Colonel Sanders. What did you think of it? Well, honestly, here's what I what I loved about this. When this came out, and we heard about this, what, a week or 10 days ago, it went viral right away. And I had fun with it on my show. I'm sure you had fun with it on your show. And it was very apparent from the beginning that what they were trying to do with this is be pretty blatant about Kentucky Fried Chicken and Harlan Sanders being a sex symbol and turning this into an ad. And in fact, what they and, and if you've noticed over the years with some of the KFC stuff, they've tried to keep it fun. They've tried to rotate in different Colonel Sanders. And I didn't even know this, but the KFC marketing team went to work last year with Harlan Sanders, Colonel Sanders, starring in this 90-page romance novella, also a Chippendales-esque stage show. And there was like a downloadable dating app, too. So the marketing team decided, let's have a little fun with Colonel Sanders. And that's basically what they did here. I mean, the movie is just total campy. If you really want to take the time to watch it for 15 minutes, you can. But it's just kind of goofy. If You you watched it, Ryan. You know what the story is? A young Colonel Sanders is uh, smitten by this um, daughter, I guess, of an heir, heiress, if you want to describe her that way. And she's got someone who has invited her to marry him, and he's not her type, and swoops in Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. And it's just a love. It's a tender love story. <laughs> tender, Ryan, that's what it is. Like the, the chicken. for seduction. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I thought the title of the movie was better than the movie itself. A Recipe for Seduction is fantastic for a KFC mini-movie. And I was kind of hoping that this, even if it was 15 minutes, it would be more satirical or goofy but it played out like a real lifetime movie where at the end they always find you it's always they always find you in the end and it kind of had the exact same plot points that you would see in a two-hour mini movie so i guess if you're a guy and the wife says hey let's watch a lifetime movie this is the one you'd pick because you can get done in 15 minutes i i thought they would play it a little bit more campy and you could have gone full over the top, you know, Sharknado with it, which is, <laughs> they had, you know, whoever, I don't think it was Lifetime that did Sharknado, but you know, that, that just went crazy and they had a lot of success and you just go as over the top as you can. And they probably could have done that here, but at least they were honest with the fact that it was basically going to be a big commercial for KFC. And I think that, you know, in a pandemic, post pandemic, one of the things that, that, Mark, my wife is a marketing whiz, by the way. And one of the things that they talk about in the marketing world, and I think you would probably be able to relate with this, is there's, you know, there's fatigue of some of these brands. And if you don't freshen things up, then customers, consumers might get kind of bored. So I think that's what the team at KFC is all about, just trying people to, to love chicken and not the kind that 
is Chick-fil-A because they seem to be doing better than KFC. <laughs> I always wonder uh, why they cast certain people. So Mario Lopez, pretty non-threatening, safe. People really like him. I think you can put Mario Lopez in just about anything. And good for him because this is one of those types of roles that in the commercials they cycle through a comedian, it seems like, every other month when they were going through that one marketing campaign. I'm wondering if there's some legs to this, if they'll decide to do something more with him in that character. I thought he did a pretty good job with it. Well, Ryan, I mean, the end of the movie completely sets you up for a sequel. (laughs) I can't imagine that A Recipe for Seduction 2 is not going to come out soon enough because obviously they set it up for that. I'd be curious, you know, I don't know if they have ratings. I'm sure they have ratings for what happened on Life, Lifetime, but since they shot this thing out and, you know, you can find it easily online, I wonder how many people have taken the time, as did I, to watch A Recipe for Seduction. They yeah. have to have some numbers, so maybe that'll, maybe we'll see that in The Hollywood Reporter tomorrow. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll keep you posted. And just like all great movies, you learn about it about 10 days before it premieres. <laughs> but you're right, this caught fire on the internet. That's all it needed. So they understood their window of opportunity was a short one. So if they had to grab people's attention and they knew that people would forget about it if you announced it too early, and there it was, people watching it. I, um, My wife said, I can't believe you made me watch this. But I thought, honey, this is every Lifetime movie I've ever seen. Um, so I um, I just enjoyed it. I, it was it was fun for the sake of it being fun. I wouldn't call it particularly <laughs> yeah. good or anything like that. It, it makes you wonder, uh, how many other brands do you think would be watching something like this and would want to pick up on this idea and try to make something creative like it? No, I, I think there's a lot of people that sit in rooms or now on Zoom calls that saw that roll out last week and they were envious because – you know, got a lot of people talking. Now, the the thing is, and this sort of applies with Super Bowl commercials too, does it make people buy more chicken? So is it fun for the sake of being fun, or is it actually working as a marketing device to get people in the door? Because, you know, those Super Bowl commercials, some of the some of the best Super Bowl commercials aren't really the most successful ads for those companies. They're more imaging ads. Uh, I'd be very curious to see if there's any kind of, you know, trickle effect from this movie to see if it increased chicken sales at KFC and they'll know that yeah you know um, it didn't make me want to go out and get KFC but do you remember that old WKRP in Cincinnati where Johnny Fever goes to that stereo store and he's doing a remote broadcast and the owner's looking around and no one's showing up and he said it's not about how many people are here today it's how many people come later so who knows maybe there'll be some things in the future even if it didn't make you salivate for chicken this time around it's just getting the brand name out front again I love the KRP reference. I do remember that episode. It was one of my favorite shows ever. And by the way, here's a funny story along those lines. And sometimes, I'm sure you've been in this business long enough, these things have kind of gone out of fashion. But for a while, live remotes and radio were like a big deal, you know? And they would pay me an outrageous amount of money when I was in Milwaukee to go to like cell phone store and do, you know, to do a live remote. And I would sit at the cell phone store and two, three times an hour, you know, call in, hey, come out and see me. Dude, no one would come by. It was like Dr. Johnny Fever. <laughs> Nobody would come by. Maybe, maybe one. But, but it is true that the the goal was really to make sure that there was some effect after that. But man, it was uncomfortable sitting there, and you know, you got the manager looking at you, and you're uh, you're knowing that you're going to get paid, and no one's coming in the door. That's not the best feeling. Yeah, and it, again, looking at some of these different food brands, 
you think about the ones that have tried desperately to tr- to get this sort of voice of what the brand is. And Wendy's does a great job when it comes to online marketing through social media, and they're they're sassy with certain and you know one liners and things like that. And I guess Burger King's tried certain things, but that's part of it. It's about finding that voice. And KFC's voice is. Just to do something weird and bizarre, it grabs people's attention. They always have that KFC Yule log you can go and buy and make your house smell like KFC. And they'll do, um, I think there was a Colonel Sanders bearskin rug one time. So they have merchandise and things. White Castle is good with this because they kind of identify that people that eat at White Castle have a certain lifestyle and they play into it. So maybe this will inspire more brands to do something creative, even if I don't feel the need to go out and buy chicken after it. But I kind of you know, like it. And I can't remember I can't remember the last time I had KFC and I actually like it and it, it's been a while so maybe I, I always like their mashed potatoes quite a bit. Oh, the number mashed potatoes one. and gravy. So I'm kind of having a yeah, kind of having a hankering for KFC. So maybe it worked, Ryan. Maybe it worked. Yeah, I wonder how the uh, if if Colonel Sanders himself were to watch this what he would think about what's turned into his name. <laughs> <laughs> old school chicken uh, maker, whatnot. All right, so altogether, if it, award season comes around and there's a category for mini movies, does this one make a top five? No. <laughs> okay, it does, it does not. not. No, it does not. But I'll keep you. You know, I'll, and maybe on the the worst of the year list for sure. I did like. You know, it's funny. The, in all candor, if you want me to like review it like a regular film, the acting was just atrocious. Except for Mario Lopez. He actually stands out. So there you go. They can put that on the poster. Mario Lopez delivers a standout performance. <laughs> and you know, I don't know if you've seen on the Peacock streaming app, they reboot uh, Say by the Bell, which he's the main character in. It's great. Have you had a chance to watch it? No. It exceeded my expectations. I thought it would be terrible, but it is really, really well done. So if you remember Saved by the Bell from the 90s, they um, they have Mario Lopez. Uh, he's now the gym teacher at the same school, and Zach Morris is now the governor of California. And the whole idea is they close down a school, and they do a school choice option, and they take the kids from the poor school, and they put them into the rich school, which is the Bayside, and then it's the cultural thing. You have the rich kids and the poor kids together in one school. It's very well done. I would recommend you check it out. Wow. No, I had not even heard of that. It's sort of like a Cobra Kai thing with what they're doing with the uh, the Karate Kid. I will say this, though. I'm a little bit old to you know to hit the Saved by the Bell stuff. That was past my time. It was more well, – the street, that Screech dude used to live <laughs> in Port Washington, Wisconsin. And when I was up there, they, there were a couple of things that happened where he was in the news for like weird stuff. So every once in a while, we'd have to tell Screech stories. But that <laughs> – that goes back probably 15 years. <laughs> Screech stories. All right, Mark Reardon, host of the Mark Reardon Show, which is on KMOX Middays. Hey, thank you so much for coming on and reviewing a recipe for seduction. All right, Ryan, take care. Thank you. Oh, that was fun. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. We got a couple minutes here, and next hour we got a lot to cover as well. I think you're going to like some of these different stories we have planned for you. Well, you're always welcome to call in at 314-436-7900. Like Diana called in and wanted to talk about Centene. I did that just briefly towards the end of the hour, and I hope Diana was still listening. But I wanted to give you an update on Rich Limbaugh. Uh, he's been part of KMOX since the early 90s. 
He's been a KMOX listener for even longer. We know it's a big inspiration for him. We know that he said if he was able to work at KMOX, it would be just one of the two places he's always wanted to work his entire career. And there's all kinds of great history between Rush and radio in Missouri, and he's down in Cape Girardeau, of course. But we've been watching and monitoring what's been going on with his health. And if you listen during the day to Rush Limbaugh's program, you know that sometimes you don't exactly know if he's going to be opening up the EIB network microphone, the golden EIB microphone, because there's going to be days where he's just not able to because he's continuing to get treatment for his lung cancer. And today he was able to do the show and he had an update for his listeners. And since this is such a late night show, I never know if this is the same audience. I, it would, it would surprise me if there's a lot of people listening right now that also listen during the day during Rush's program. I think they're almost two different audiences because we're just so far removed from it. I mean, we're 12 hours removed from the start of the show. That's like a whole half a day. It's like an entire whole different audience. So if you missed it, I don't blame you, but I have been playing some updates. And this is how we started the show today to kind of give an update on everything that's going on with his health. So how about we replay that now? Every day remains a gift. And I, I, I wake up every morning and I thank God that I did. And there will probably be down the road similar type days where I will need to uh, take a day for rest or for whatever medical challenges present themselves. But the fact that I'm able to get back here and be with you is a genuine blessing. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate your your understanding uh, throughout uh, throughout all of this, uh, as as we say, uh, everything's day to day, and especially in the circumstances I find myself in, everything is day to day, and you strive to make uh, every day the best it can be, and that's exactly what I'm doing. So I appreciate your understanding and your patience. And here we are revved and ready to go for another three hours of broadcast excellence. And that's when he uh, started the show. And that's how it went. He just talked about it being day to day. Here's kind of where it's at. And he was able to do a show today, which is a good sign. And you like seeing those sort of things. So Rush, we love you. And I wanted to just get and give you an update where he comes out and says every day's a gift. We know that it's not easy for him. And I'm sure People that have followed him for all those years, he is easily on the Mount Rushmore, not trying to play up on the words here. But if you were to come up with some the, the top four radio personalities of all time, he would easily be in that top four. I don't know if you can argue against that. He has that much of an impact on the industry. So we uh, watch and we'll see how that one plays out. Another thing I wanted to bring you, this is a completely different story, and I saw this reported in many different ways, but I believe it was first reported on, hmm, let me see if I can find the original, but there was a reporter with, uh, let's see, Jorge Ventura Media, and this is in Ventura, California, a restaurant, Nick the Greek Restaurant. As the reporter was in there to talk about this restaurant owner's frustrations, with the ongoing lockdowns in California, lo and behold, what happens in walks the inspectors that start writing more fines to him. And this business owner had it. He had enough with it. And he's just gone through enough. He's tired of the restrictions. He's looking at his livelihood, be seriously threatened 
by these ongoing and nonstop lockdowns that they continue to target to the restaurant industry. And here is the confrontation. Listen to this. I follow the rules. I continue to follow the rules. And you guys still, time after time, are giving me citations, telling me I have to close my business. What about my employees? I am following the rules. My tables are inside. Just because the health department has a whole process to go through that takes however long that takes, I have to close my business for that time? Who's gonna, are you going to pay my rent? You are you going to pay my rent? You chose to make those decisions. Right? I chose to protest by putting my tables outside and I reiterate again, I never served one single person outside. I did all takeout food and delivery to what exactly I was supposed to be doing. That's exactly what I did. I did not break any, and there's no even a law, I did not break any rule. There, there is a law that you're breaking right now by operating without a comment. I, because you guys put this closure on the restaurant. Right, right. You, so you you guys yourselves are creating your own rule, and you're getting my citation for your own rule that's created. It's not by law that you cannot sit outside and eat. That's not law, that's what it's an order that was given. So you cannot give me a closure citation based on that. It's already been ordered. I'm not issuing a closure. I'm saying. You, you, what do you mean issuing a closure? You guys close. You guys ask me to close. He's me. so upset, and you can hear the frustration, the problems that they're running into there. We're also seeing in St. Louis County right now with a lot of these different restaurant owners just getting tired of being hassled by the government. And when we start to see the actual data, this was released by the CDC and highlighted over in New York City. Governor Cuomo put this in a presentation. And I got to say, deciding that they still, even knowing this data, wanted to close restaurants down for indoor dining and hassle the owners that are just trying to make a living. They put this up on the screen. Here is where we're able to track the spread of COVID. And it goes into once someone is tested positive, they try to identify the point of origin of where they may have got it. Number one, easily, it was like 78% said it was from a family gathering, as in you either live with someone and they got it through the house or whatever it is. It's somehow you knew the people and it was from your own home or someone else's home, something along those lines. And then you go down the list and there's number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And it's like number 10 on the list is indoor restaurant dining. And the percentage of those that were able to track it to indoor dining was like 1.4%. It is minuscule, tiny percentage yet they still want to continue to hassle the restaurant owners while allowing passes to other ones. I'm not saying that they should just put restrictions on all businesses and say, okay, to make it fair for restaurant owners, congratulations, everyone else, you're closed down. I don't want to see that. What I'm saying is, if you want to say, oh, we follow the science, then the science would say the risk factor of having indoor dining shut down while everything else goes in doesn't make sense. That's what they determined in the city of St. Louis. They looked at that same data points and they determined that it was okay. Why? Because these restaurant owners, they realized the hardship that they went through before. They're doing everything they can to make sure they're taking every single precaution to stay open because they understand if they have to close again, a lot of them aren't going to make it. What's happened in St. Charles County, they came to the same conclusion. So what you have more and more business owners in these places that are overly restrictive, like in St. Louis County, New York or California and states that have done it on a mass scale, they're tired of it and they're fighting back as they should. One more hour of Overnight America continues next.
on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 